Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Today we have a bishop most of you have never heard of speaking about what a bishop is supposed to do in the church today, and what he has to say will bring a smile to your faces. Along with him we have words from the public face of sacred tradition, Bishop Athanasius from Kazakhstan, who has said repeatedly that it is the duty of the church to safeguard and pass on the traditions of the faith. But what he and the other bishops have to say is truly remarkable, because there are a lot of unspoken implications in their words. So let's have a look at this without delay. There are clearly two ways, at least, for a bishop to be a guardian of tradition. In the Bregolian sense, there is the way of putting the traditions of the faith into a museum, only to be looked upon dispassionately, as one might upon a uniform of a marine from the War of 1812. The other way is to preserve and pass on the traditions of the faith. Over at the blog Abyssus Abyssum Invocat, the proprietor, who I believe is a retired priest if I'm not mistaken, presents something that was said by a Norwegian bishop on what it means to be a guardian of tradition in an authentic Catholic sense of custodian of the sacred traditions of the faith. The priest begins this by invoking an interesting quote from Pope Pius XII, who was speaking to the future Paul VI when he described tradition and the duties of a bishop in a way that will make a lot of sense in our confusing times. Quote, what he, Pope Pius XII, told him, Archbishop Giovanni Maria Montini, later Pope Paul VI, when Pius made Montini Archbishop of Milan in 1954, was, go and pastor your variegated, scattered flock, Find words and gestures they are apt to understand, but do not compromise. Have confidence that the deposit entrusted to you from of old will contain the seed of answers you need to address the questions of today. Live out of that deposit, dig into it, and deeply. End quote. Those words are quoted at the beginning of a piece describing Bishop Varden's dilemma. He is a hermeneutic of continuity bishop in a time when the hermeneutic of continuity no longer exists in the church, which is forcing him to mull over what tradition even means anymore. Bishop Varden had this to say about what a bishop is to do today in the church, especially when he is called a guardian or custodian of tradition by Francis. Quote, a bishop is but a link in a long, long chain which goes by the name of tradition. This word is a noun of agency. In Latin, traditio indicates the act of passing something on. A bishop charged with custodianship of tradition must ensure that transmission continues. He looks back with attention, gratitude, and grace to receive what is handed on to him. He looks forward unexpectedly, wishing to convey, undiminished, the treasure with which he has been momentarily entrusted. Undiminished is not a synonym for unchanged. Still, caution is called for. I must not reduce universal patrimony to a product merely of my preference. End quote. And that is what has happened to in the church these past several decades, or at least so it appears. There's a real antipathy from the modern bishops towards what would have been identifiably the Catholic faith for previous generations, and it's not merely among the bishops either. That includes many of the clergy as well, all too many of them. Why anyone would want to become a member of the clergy while having real disdain for the deposit of the faith is beyond my ability to comprehend, but it's there, and it's obvious. If you have ever had a priest or bishop tell you that we as Catholics must forget the past, that is exactly what you're dealing with. Pray for any member of the clergy, regardless of their rank, who has such an opinion. They need the prayers especially. Bishop Varden is not alone in this. 
Bishop Athanasius, the auxiliary bishop from Kazakhstan, whose full name I can't say on YouTube without getting into trouble for some mysterious reason, is of like mind on this topic. The duty of the bishop is to pass on what he has been safeguarding for future generations through his priest and the laity under his care. And that should be simple, right? We understand that it's not to build utopia on earth, to seek out material solutions to spiritual problems, but that clear thinking is in such short supply these days that it's remarkable to even think about. Bishop Athanasius gave an interview in a European outlet recently on what the faithful should do, the nature of Francis's wicked act of trying to destroy tradition, and what the bishop says here is truly remarkable by implication. When asked what the priest, lay faithful, and religious men and women, such as nuns and monks, should do who are dedicated to the traditional liturgy and traditional preconciliar sacraments, Bishop Athanasius gave the following advice, quote, The traditional Mass is a treasure that belongs to the whole Church, as it has been celebrated and deeply appreciated and loved by the popes, the faithful, and the saints for at least a thousand years. Indeed, the traditional form of the Mass was nearly identical in the centuries prior to the publication of Pope Pius V's Missal in 1570, a liturgical treasure that has been used and highly valued for nearly a thousand years is not a pope's private property that he can dispose of as he wishes. Consequently, the faithful, seminarians, and priests must ask for the right to use this common treasure of the church, and if they are refused this right, they can still use it, even if in a clandestine way. It would not be an act of disobedience, but an act of obedience to the Holy Mother Church who gave us this liturgical treasure. The firm rejection by Francis of an almost millennial liturgical form represents a phenomenon of short duration in relation to the constant spirit and practice of the Church. End quote. That strikes me as a nice way of saying that what Francis did was nothing short of a schismatic act, which is astonishing if I'm correct in how I'm reading that, because there are heavy and several unspoken implications in his statement. And as evidence, I provide his next statement. I've long since said that I think the hermeneutic of continuity is dead, and I've said that I've never really bought into it anyway. Francis clearly doesn't either, and it appears that Bishop Athanasius is in agreement that at the very least, the hermeneutic of continuity is a dead letter. Quote, Pope Francis establishes a stark contrast between the traditional rite and the Novus Ordo, stating that the Novus Ordo is the only expression of the Roman Church's law of faith. Indeed, there is no longer any room for the hermeneutic claim of continuity, which has always been supported by Paul VI, the Benedict XVI, and which believed that there was a real continuity between the traditional rite and the Novus Ordo. If such, such continuity existed, the coexistence of the two rites would never bother anyone. However, the growing spread of traditional mass celebrations clearly reveals, upon honest and more thorough examination, that there is a real break between the two rites, both ritually and doctrinally. The traditional rite is, so to speak, a constant reproach to the authorities of the Holy See, which is expressed as follows. You have made a mutiny in the liturgy. Return to a true continuity between the two liturgical forms. The liturgical form that the Council Fathers had in mind is the one that Paul VI approved in 1965, and that the Council Fathers celebrated in the last session. Archbishop Lefebvre himself celebrated Mass with the formula of 1965, like the Seminary of Acone in its early years. The evident discontinuity between the traditional Mass and the 1965 Mass on the one hand and the Mass of Paul VI on the other encourages everyone to reflect more deeply and also to honestly examine the possible elements of doctrinal discontinuity with the previous and constant magisterium. The liturgical reform that the Council Fathers had in mind is the one that Paul VI approved in 1965, and the Council Fathers celebrated in the last session. End quote. Bishop Athanasius is then asked if Archbishop Lefebvre was right all along. Some of you will find what he has to say here a bitter pill to swallow. Quote, 
It is necessary to look at the extraordinary crisis that has hit the Church for almost 50 years and which has taken on truly terrifying proportions under the pontificate of Pope Francis. This growing crisis also has its roots in certain ambiguous declarations of the Council, and above all in the new Mass of Paul VI, which in the eyes of an objective observer represents a sort of liturgical mutiny. In the light of the evidence of this crisis in the Church, which can be compared to the crisis of Arius of the 4th century, the work and testimony of Archbishop Lefebvre appear prophetic and heroic, since he was guided solely by his faithful attachment to what the Church has always taught, and in the way in which it has celebrated Holy Mass over the millennia. Archbishop Lefebvre did not introduce any particularities or novelties, but he simply adhered to what he himself had received from the Church in his infancy, his youth, his seminary formation, and his Episcopal ordination. I think that after this crisis, the Church will thank him. End quote. Many in the traditional world of all stripes have said the same thing, but coming from a bishop as well regarded as this one, it's an extraordinary statement indeed. He has more to say, but I'll let you read it for yourself. It's linked in my show notes at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with the .org at the end. Skip past the Patreon pop-up. There is no paywall for my sources unless you want to become a patron. That's a different conversation. But just skip past it, and you'll go to the, you'll see the post with the title of this podcast on it, and that's where you can find links. However, it's the article is not in English, so you'll need to use a browser extension to translate it, but it's worth your read. He is hoping that more bishops join him in his work to both unite traditional faithful and to preserve the traditions of the faith. This is made all the more interesting with this report that came out at the Catholic Identity Conference. As I mentioned last Thursday, Diane Montagna reported there that the survey of the bishops was largely pointless because the decision to end the Latin Mass was made nearly two years before it was issued at least, if not earlier. We have independent confirmation of that from Peter Kwasniewski, who said this on his public Facebook page. Quote, a friend of mine in Germany confirmed Diane Montagna's bombshell revelations on the internal CDF report about the bishop's survey on the TLM, which came to the opposite conclusion to the one the Pope said it did. Here is what he wrote to me today. That was exactly what Monsignor Gonsvein told me, who had seen the enquete investigation, i.e. report. He was profoundly worried that the Pope could lie. I was less surprised. End quote. Numerous figures have pointed out since this came to light that the decision to end the TLM was predetermined from the start. And I'll remind you that recently Francis said he was running the program for the church that was predetermined at the conclave by the men who helped get him placed on the throne of Peter in the first place. That would presumably include Traditionis Custodis. In other words, the bishops didn't want the TLM ended. Most of them were perfectly happy with the arrangement as it was. But Francis and the St. Gallen group had other ideas. This springtime in the church of the new advent is looking more and more like a winter every day. So there you have it. Good and surprising words from Bishop Athanasius on the Latin Mass and our duty to preserve our sacred traditions. But what do you think of all this? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.